What is up, Bitcoiners? Ansel Inner, Bitcoin and Markets. Thanks for joining me. Today, we're going to talk about Peter Schiff and the recent controversy he's been in. And then we're going to dive into an older tweet back from August. I wanted to do an episode on this tweet specifically and uh, go through some of the points that he made with regards to gold and scarcity and Bitcoin. And this controversy recently that he's been in is giving me an opportunity to swing back and catch that. All right, let's just jump right into it, guys. Let's go. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, if you guys want to support my content, buy the book, BitcoinDictionary.cc. It's 180 terms, great for any newbie that's wanting to get into Bitcoin and, and kind of demystify the jargon, uh, look at what's behind some of these terms. Also, you can go to BitcoinAndMarkets.com forward slash membership. You can sign up for the free newsletter that comes out every Friday there, all my posts. I also have member posts that come out, uh, a member newsletter, and I'm, I'm going to be doing some more member posts over there. So if you sign up for the paid membership on BitcoinAndMarkets.com forward slash membership, then you can get access to those things. Okay, let's jump into this Peter Schiff controversy real quick. The allegations are that he he is involved with money laundering, international money laundering through uh, this Euro-Pacific Bank headquartered in Puerto Rico. Uh, there is no evidence uh, that I have seen. It's all just pure allegations. He went on to the 60, a 60 Minutes interview where he was deceived into thinking it was an interview about gold and silver, and they uh, ambushed him with all these questions. He sat there politely for up to an hour, and then he finally just got sick and tired of all the same questions over and over again, and so he stormed out. Uh, he didn't really storm out. I mean, like I said, it was he claims this it was roughly an hour that he was sitting there answering questions before he did this. Uh, so that was where it hit the fan. Now, I believe that there are there is very little evidence. And if there was anyway, I mean, money laundering is a made up crime. I don't think we should uh, be bashing Peter up over money laundering, even though I don't think he would do that because he, you know, he has a family history of uh, his father was in prison for a long time on tax evasion and money laundering things uh, related to money laundering. And uh, it, it, it's sad because about five years to the day, I think plus or minus a couple of days uh, of this story breaking, uh, is the anniversary of his father's death in federal custody. Uh, so I don't think Peter would put himself in that kind of risk. Um, I, I think he probably you know keeps his nose real clean. Now, he do, he's not even president of the bank. He's just a owner, shareholder of the bank. He, he's not uh, involved in any sort of day-to-day -day operations whatsoever at the bank. So even if there were some sort of, uh, you know, dirty dealings going on, he wouldn't be personally involved. I mean, he might be uh, responsible for something, but I don't think that's the case. He does have a response video that I link down in the show notes. And the big thing that I take away from this is just kind of the lack of support that Peter received from Bitcoiners um, and the lack of respect. I mean, he is a, a big no coiner. Uh, he's a gold bug and a gold salesman. And so you have to look at all of his comments from, from that respect. But I would much rather debate with Peter Schiff than a communist that wants to kill me. Um, I think Peter is a, a good guy. He's a good salesman. Um, he's actually a really, really good salesman for Bitcoin. <laughs> Believe it or not, he has been one of the best salesmen for Bitcoin there ever has been. So, um, but 
look, I support them, but don't buy gold, buy Bitcoin. And uh, I hope all of these things get wrapped up quickly. Okay, let's get into an old tweet by Peter, and we will debate some ideas here instead of some false allegations. All right, let's get into this tweet here. This was an old tweet from August. Like I said, I've been wanting to talk about this tweet for a while, but it was, you know, this gives me an opportunity to swing back and catch this one. Uh, this brings up some ideas like gold and scarcity um, and unique properties and things of that nature. So we can dive in and learn something about money. We can learn something about gold and we can learn something about Bitcoin. So let's let's dive into this. Uh, I'll just read the whole thing and then we'll go kind of piecemeal through it. So gold is not valuable because it's scarce. Gold's value comes from all of the unique properties that it has as a metal. Utility makes gold valuable. Scarcity makes it expensive. Bitcoin has no unique properties. Scarcity without utility is meaningless. Okay. So <laughs> he does a good job of poking at the Bitcoin bear when he says, you know, Bitcoin has no unique properties. And that's as easy as it is for him to poke Bitcoin and get some uh, interaction with more people. So let's break this apart. Gold is not valuable because it's scarce. That is not true. <laughs> uh, we live in a scarce world. We don't live in an infinite world where there's infinite resources to meet infinite demand because human demand is infinite. Uh, and once you introduce that, look, we have limited resources. Now we have trade-offs. Now we have preferences emerging. Now we have human action and economic reasoning. And so anything that has to do with reasoning at all, it doesn't even have to be economic reasoning. It can be philosophical. Like if I am not uh, scarce. So my body is not independent from other things in the universe, right? I am not infinite and other things are not infinite or else everything would be one. We have, we live in a finite world where I know that I'm picking up this glass of water and that glass of water is not me, right? I'm picking up my phone. That phone is not me. I am not the phone, but, uh, so scarcity, uh, of that nature, you know, there is finite resources. Things are finite. Boundaries between things are finite. So that that breeds or, or leads to to economic reasoning, to preferences, and hence value. So gold, his quote here, gold is not valuable because it's scarce, is wrong. Scarcity is a precondition for the world that we live in. It's a precondition for him to even make that statement, right? So it's wrong. Uh, there is this growing debate in Bitcoin about being rare and being scarce. I think what people are trying to do is place this word rare onto unforgeable costliness. So rare is about supply. Um, if, well, first off, it's an opinion. There's nothing that says, okay, well, it's rare because there's 14 of these things, or there's 21 million, or there's a billion, or there's one. There's no like set thing of what makes something rare. Um, and Nothing is rare when it's at a market clearing price. So, you know, in, in economics, there is no room for rarity. It's only scarcity. And then we have unforgeable costliness, which talks about supply not being able to be increased. At least increasing more slowly than value would increase or profits to make that would increase. Anyway, it's, it's kind of, that's a little bit deeper subject. So I'll just leave that there, but rare and scarce. Uh, like I've seen out there with Bitcoin, it's not really an argument because there is no rarity in economics. It's only scarcity. Um, okay. 
so rare, so being scarce is necessary, <laughs> but it's not sufficient, of course, to talk about the value of gold. Now, another thing about scarcity is that it's so important that the market will create it where there is none. So debt is an idea and it is unlimited. I mean, it's not unlimited in the moment, but it's unlimited through time. You can always add more debt. Um, and that's what our money is based off of right now, right? It's a credit-based system, a debt-based system. But the market has imposed a limit. And we can see that by the amount of credit. Like credit is contracting now. And even if they pump out more deficits and more stimulus and more all this stuff, there is a limit to how much credit that this market will take on. And so it enforces a level of scarcity uh, on an infinite good like debt. But anyway, that's a little bit deeper in the weeds here. Let's go on to the next sentence. Gold's value comes from all the unique properties that it has as a metal. Unique properties. Well, what, <laughs> what name a single property that's unique that, that gold has? Gold doesn't have any unique properties. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know of any. I know of all the different arguments of the beneficial properties that gold has. Like it's malleable. It's uh, It can be used in electronics. Uh, it is resistant to corrosion and, and degradation over time. It's somewhat uh, scarce in, in the Earth's crust uh, relative to other metals. But that, that's not, none of those are unique, right? Silver is a better conductor. It can be used in dentistry. It can be used as, as uh, jewelry. Other metals like platinum are more rare and they are higher value to weight. There, there is no unique properties in gold. I mean, exactly. I mean, yes, the, the, you'd say that gold has this unique set of properties, but not one feature of gold is the best. The only thing that it had that was the best was its hardness. I mean, this whole argument here about uh, unique properties of the metal, I mean, it, it misses the big elephant in the room that Peter won't discuss, and that is monetary premium. What that means is as a good becomes more used as money, it's picking up a new use case, and new utility along the way is becoming more valuable because it's used as money. Not because it's used as a necklace or a cufflink. A shitty necklace and a shitty cufflink. I mean, these things. I, I've owned gold jewelry. I have a tungsten ring now. I like it a lot better. I don't have to worry about it getting dents in it. I don't have to worry about losing something of high value like in the ocean or something. So... Gold only has half of its utility value because of its use as money. It's monetary premium that pumps up the value of it. As things become used as money, they gain value and gain utility. And that's not, I mean, that's the only, the, that's where gold's value comes from. And this leads in the next couple quotes here, next couple sentences he has. Utility makes gold valuable. Scarcity makes it expensive. Again. Utility comes from it being expensive. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a cycle, right? As things become more valuable, they, as money becomes more valuable and it gains uh, this monetary premium, it becomes more useful as money. 
and hence it becomes more more expensive and then it becomes more useful and it's a it's a virtuous cycle to monetization that's the whole idea of bringing something into the world that is going to be used as money um it has this virtuous cycle around if you take away some of the scarcity of gold you take away some of the utility as money i mean just like um so on the silver standard in the 16th century you know the spanish had opened up south america and mexico to silver mining and then we had uh, lots of silver came back to europe well it went all over the world but came back to europe and you know the the value of silver the scarcity went down and so the value of that silver went down and the utility of serving as money went down the there was distortions in prices the it didn't carry as much value into the future because there was uh, some inflation there and so the utility of that money went down because the scarcity went down right so it's a virtuous cycle. As things become more scarce, they will become more useful uh, for certain things and less useful for other things. <laughs> I mean, it, that that's the God's honest truth there. So as gold becomes more valuable, it becomes less useful in electronics because of the value. It's so expensive to use. If gold's price dropped to $5 an ounce, it would be used much more in electronics because it would be cheaper. So it gains utility by going down, but it also loses utility going down and up and down both ways. Um, but this all has to do with scarcity and the price of things. So th these are all holistic and they all feedback loop on each other. It's not like, oh my God, gold's properties are X, Y, Z. It has value. Now scarcity makes it expensive. They've devolved to this argument. It, it, this argument was never like this under Mises and Rothbard. You know, they they were much more dynamic in Hayek. They were much more dynamic. It was not a concrete this and this and this like Peter's uh, showing here. But let's move on to the next one. Bitcoin has no unique properties. <laughs> uh, of course, it does. Um, its unique property is well, it has two unique properties. One is its hardness. It is the hardest money. It's the hardest good. Uh, 21 million cannot be changed. There are hypotheticals where it would change, but those hypotheticals are increasingly outlandish and crazy, uh, detached from the real world. Uh, so it's harder than gold. It's the hardest good ever. And uh, I mean, if you compare it to any altcoin, its supply cap is the most secure so yeah there might be say a fork of bitcoin that has 21 million but that fork that 21 million of the fork is less secure than bitcoin's 21 million cap so bitcoin is the hardest thing and it cannot be cloned or copied into existence of another thing because by definition that one will be easier to change because it had to change in the first place to break away from bitcoin Bitcoin has that unique property. It's also the most censorship resistant transaction. Some other coins uh, have high censorship resistance, but not as much as Bitcoin. Okay, Bitcoin is the most secure. Uh, it is the most fixed and is the most censorship resistant. These are unique properties to Bitcoin. That is the whole point. Anyways, okay. Thanks, guys. That's it for this episode. Thanks for joining me. I'll check you next time. Thank mm -hmm. you.